Welcome to the More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. This is episode 96, Change More Pieces to Turn the Momentum. Sometimes getting on top of your ADHD means working on several things at once, such as medication, getting enough sleep, getting organized, etc. The more of these pieces you address, the more likely you are to build some good momentum. The book, More Attention, Less Deficit, Success Strategies for Adults with ADHD, is available at addwarehouse.com and pretty much everywhere else, including on the Kindle. But if you enter coupon code 19380, my zip code, at at addwarehouse.com, you'll save 25%. Cool. I'm psychologist Dr. R.A. Tuckman, author of More Attention, Less Deficit, and Integrative Treatment for Adult ADHD, a practical, easy-to-use guide for clinicians, as well as the brand new Understand Your Brain, Get More Done, the ADHD Executive Functions Workbook, which is currently available exclusively through addwarehouse.com. For more information about the books, archives of this podcast, links to past presentations, handouts, and information about upcoming teleclasses and presentations, check out adultadhdbook.com. People love easy solutions. Change this one thing and then all your problems will be solved. That's what happens on the commercials, after all. If only real life was that easy. Sometimes that works for small problems, like changing a setting on your browser so you don't get those annoying pop-ups. More typically, though, bigger problems involve bigger solutions. That usually means changing more than one thing. And ADHD tends to be a bigger problem that needs bigger solutions, and more than one of them. I've seen this repeatedly with clients that some really begin to turn things around in their lives while others make some progress and then kind of stall out. Now, obviously, everyone has their own circumstances that will determine how quickly they make progress. You know, for example, being smart and hardworking are assets no matter what else is going on. On the other side, being anxious and depressed or struggling with other health matters will make everything harder. Having a supportive romantic partner makes things easier. Being unemployed or a single parent makes things harder. So there's a lot involved here that has nothing to do with ADHD, yet can have a significant effect on someone's ability to manage it. Beyond the obvious advice of, you know, try to be lucky, let's talk about some of these other pieces that affect your ability to manage your ADHD and create a more satisfying life. The more of these pieces you change, the more likely it is that you'll create some positive momentum. And of course, if you feel your momentum slipping, these are probably some of the first places you're going to want to look. Now, I don't want this podcast to make you feel like I'm just kind of piling on extra homework, you know, as if you don't already have enough to do. Rather, think about these items and whether there might be something gained here from making changes to any of these pieces in your own life. When it comes to treating ADHD, medication is often at the top of the list, but it shouldn't be the whole list. As one might expect, research has found that the best outcomes come from a combination of medication and therapy or life management skills training or coaching or whatever it is that we might want to call it. 
So medication can be an important part of the solution, but meds alone are not sufficient. So for example, as I sometimes say, if you decide to watch a Gilligan's Island marathon, even a pound of medication won't do you any good, other than you know, you'll probably be a whole lot better at remembering you know, what Gilligan and the Skipper were up to over the course of those nine hours of TV that you watched. Similarly, taking medication won't bring out your best performance if you stay up until three in the morning and are exhausted the next day. The meds will help, but you'll still be climbing uphill all day. So in this case, you can't really say definitively what the meds are doing since the sleep deprivation is knocking down your performance and perhaps washing away some of the benefit that the meds might be giving you or other things might be giving you. Now on the flip side, I often see clients begin to slip back to old habits only to discover that you know what preceded this was they stopped taking their meds even though their meds were helping. Sometimes it's a logistical matter of needing to get another prescription or something of that sort, and they just need to get on it. Other times, they're kind of ambivalent about taking meds, and then they make a choice to stop. And sometimes it's really a definitive decision to stop, as in they think about it and they decide, I'm not taking medication anymore. Other times it's more of a passive decision where they run out and just kind of never get around to getting a refill. I'm certainly not going to say that medication is a requirement to do well because it isn't. But if it helps you, then it's probably a good idea to take it. Of course, if anything helps you, it's probably a good idea to keep doing it. Now, I did a podcast on March 3rd, 2011 called The Psychology of Medication, where I talk at some depth about what it means to take medication. So, you know, if this is of interest, you can find that in the archives at adultadhdbook.com or, you know, on iTunes or wherever. Now, beyond medication, sleep is also a big driver of our intellectual performance, as well as our mood. I covered this back in episode 32 called Actually Get a Good Night's Sleep, which was way back um, in October 26 of 2009, which feels like about a bajillion years from now. But um, I should probably do a whole nother episode on sleep, frankly, because there's just so much to be said about it. But sleep is pretty complicated and there's no magic wand to make you a great sleeper. You know, I wish. ADHD itself can interfere with your ability to fall asleep. Anxiety, depression, alcohol, and caffeine, amongst other things, can all have a negative effect on the quality and quantity of your sleep. So improving these things may involve more, or so improving your sleep may involve more than just making better choices about how you structure your night and, you know, when you get into bed. That, that, that may not be enough. But to the extent that choosing to stay up too late during the week and sleeping too late on the weekends is making you less sharp, it may be worth working on getting a more regular sleep routine. If you find some good strategies that work well for you, like being obsessive about putting everything into the calendar on your phone, then stick with it. One of the frustrating facets of human nature is that we sometimes drop good habits that are actually working well. And now there's a lot, a lot, a lot of reasons why this might occur. But, you know, 
for our purposes here, are there some good habits that are worth bringing back? And if so, you know, bring them on back. Speaking of good habits, life tends to run more smoothly when things are generally more organized. And I definitely do not mean that whole like Martha Stewart, OCD, photo shoot kind of stuff. Just functional, as in less clutter and a bit more order. This applies not just to items, but also to how you organize your time and your activities. Although it takes energy to convert chaos into order, chaos also creates additional energy demands. For example, if you lose something in the clutter, you need to expend more energy to find it or buy another one, you know, if you give up trying to find it. Plus, there's all the extra stress that it adds. Now, I'm not saying you should enjoy organizing. I'm just saying that it's probably worth it, at least, you know, to a point. Then, of course, there's the general positive benefits of exercising regularly and eating well. Yes, it, absolutely. It takes a certain amount of organization to your day to have the time to do these two. But it does pay back when you feel better and have more energy and more focus. You're more likely to bring your best mentally when you're taking good care of the physical equipment. Finally, and you know, this is a big one, how do you handle challenges? Do you actively approach them even when they make you uncomfortable? Or do you avoid them even when you know that things will just get worse? All the other stuff we talked about here today won't mean enough if you don't apply yourself to the demands in your life. It's tempting to avoid the things that make us uncomfortable or that are boring or that are really hard to do. And we're all good at convincing ourselves that this avoidance is okay, you know, when we want to be convinced. So try to be less convincible. Remind yourself that it's better to just bite the bullet now and be done with it. You'll thank yourself for it. So if you're feeling discouraged, even just temporarily, step back and think about these pieces. And perhaps some other pieces too that I haven't mentioned. If some of the pieces aren't working as well as you would have hoped, then maybe you need to shift some of the other pieces in order to get them all to move in a positive direction. And when they do start moving, all the slow pokes better get out of your way. I'm proud to announce that in addition to the new workbook that just came out recently, I also have a seminar recording available. Uh, this is a six hour presentation that we recorded called Integrative Treatment for Adult ADHD. Although the audience was mostly clinicians, uh, the presentation, the recording might also be of interest to anyone who wants a deeper understanding of ADHD. I cover some pretty complex stuff, but I do it in a very user-friendly kind of way, so you don't have to have a doctorate to understand what I'm talking about. I definitely had a lot of fun during the presentation, and you know, I hope that that comes through in the recording. Also, for the mental health folks who need continuing education credits, you can actually get six of them by listening to the recording, so that's cool too. 
You can get more information at adultadhdaudio.com. Um, and of course, you can link through to there from my website, adultadhdbook.com. Um, the always awesome Tara McGillicuddy handled all the technical details of setting that whole thing up. So I didn't have to, you know, thank God I didn't have to. Um, in other news, if you still haven't registered for this year's CHAD conference in Orlando on November 10th to the 12th, there is still time to do it. You'll thank yourself for it. And if you come and say hello to me in person, I'll thank you for it as well. You can get the details at www.chad.org. That's C-H-A-D-D.org. And then on a final note, APSARD, which stands for Association or... God, what is it? You know, I can never remember some of these acronyms. It is the American, American Professional Society of ADHD and Related Disorders. So APSARD um, is hosting a one-day conference for clinicians on Saturday, November 19th in good old Philadelphia. So you can get more information about that at APSARD.org. That's A-P-S-A-R-D.org. There's always a lot of good stuff going on in the fall. So in any event... Hope to see you at one of these or the other. And until next time, thanks for lending me your attention.